0: Welcome to The Core Podcast, brought to you by core to cloud We talk about all things cybersecurity, about the latest technologies, the insights, the learnings, and also a little bit about our culture in this ever evolving environment. I'm Kelly and I head up the marketing department.
1: And I'm Phil from the technical team. And we're going to take you through all our technology in a really interesting way.
0: Phil talks technical while I keep it lighthearted and remove all the jargon. We also have a selection of guest speakers, including a few people popping in from the Call to Cloud team. So let's dive in. So this episode is a little bit more serious, I guess, but we're actually going to go through a recent government guidance document um if you haven't had the opportunity to go through it yet we're going to be honest we're going through it in real time reading it through giving our suggestions um and also we know it has um, an impact on our nhs customers so we wanted to really make it into a bite-sized episode if you haven't had a chance to go through the document or even consider it yet this is our opinions our thoughts around it um some tips and tricks and hopefully you can absorb all the information in less than 30 minutes that's our target phil is that a fair target
1: yeah we can do that so this documents all around cyber resilience for health and adult social care which obviously as we said includes um the nhs now as you say we can summarize a little bit about the document and then Mm -hmm. obviously there's some really there's a few key things in there which we can draw out and talk about a little bit okay but um the document really is there to provide direction and it's very clear about that um again they're not providing funding. This is more of a recommendation on what to do and okay. sort of guidelines to go by. And it's very clear that each health and social care organisation is taking their own responsibility for its cyber. But mm-hmm. this is to set direction, show central support and again, ultimately help the patient. Okay. Um, and obviously, as we've been at Core to Cloud, we've been doing a lot of work with ICSs now. Yes. Um, and again, this is for you know, work for people working together, making sure that they're all all pulling in the same direction. That's the way that I read it. Okay. Um, and try and pull along maybe the ones that are a bit left behind. Uh, make sure, try and get everyone up to that sort of central level. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in the work that that we do, we see differences in approach, but ultimately people generally trying to get to the same place. Yes, um, and again, that's what it's all around.
0: Okay, so the next section we what's in the scope is kind of the next area that you've drawed out, drawn out, and it says. Um, all network connected devices is a key area so the document states in secondary care this includes diagnostic machines such as imaging scanners and systems that let hospitals know what beds are free primary care is patient booking systems and electronic prescriptions etc so obviously that's a great for me as a patient going into the hospital everything's electric connected making life easy i'm kind of picking that up theme but from a cyber security, what were you picking up from that scope section?
1: I think they were basically trying to make it clear that we're not just talking about p c s which has kind of okay. been the conversation we've been having mm-hmm. um again in with a lot of the n h s trusts that we work with again t six to ten thousand of the devices are i o t yes, and again in secondary here, it's talking about those medical devices, and obviously the approach can't be the same for managing these devices. Mm-hmm. You know we've obviously done podcasts in the past around how we help manage medical devices. And we can talk about that a little bit more under the pillars. But to me, the document is just saying, look, anything that's network connected, be it a building management system, be it, you know, a printer. Yep. Look, they're talking about the whole ecosystem in the hospital. Okay. Um, and more and more, we're seeing that because of things like electronic patient records, that even legacy devices are having to be connected now. Okay. Um, and I think we're still in a situation, unfortunately, that there's still a lot of things connected that people don't realize are connected
0: just having visibility of what you've got and what's connected to network is it connected is it not connected
1: is it on the public wi-fi okay you know so i think it's it's saying you need to take responsibility for everything it's very easy just for people to go oh yeah network devices that's the pcs on my desk and i think this section was really sort of making that clear really
0: okay so so something to consider for people that haven't read this document it's very clear that having a good visibility on your network what's connected to your network and we can't just Talk about it from an IT perspective. risks and threats and what they're doing. Okay. Absolutely. Which links in quite nice to the next part of the document, which you've highlighted here, which is lowering risk. Um, Looking at the lowering risk. So the document states, um, unlikely cyber incident would bring down all of the hundreds of separate systems, but independencies mean need to accept some level of cascading, sorry, I can't say that, risks. So what was your thought on this, Phil? Um, So...
1: So, basically, if you go back, and we obviously don't talk about WannaCry that much, but when you go back to the, the times of that, a lot of hospitals were connected, sometimes without firewalls between them. Okay. So, that, so if something happened in one hospital, it could spread to another. Yes. And I think that since WannaCry, everyone's kind of gone, well, they obviously knew it wasn't a good idea, but it just kind of yeah, was maybe yeah, something yeah. that was being worked on. But that's been happened. So, things are more sort of segmented, more, you know, we talk about segmentation and mm-hmm. limiting what things can talk to. Um but even with that there's still some levels of things talking together um like we have systems that talk to each but other but do they
0: need to like will some systems still need to be able to to talk or or is it is it the best way to segment everything
1: yeah i mean yeah you need to segment but obviously things like you know your your imaging stations mm-hmm. have to be able to talk and hold centrally in your packs right, there so might be a need that if you go to from one hospital to another that your your records have to right. follow you yeah 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 so i think when it's talking about interdependencies things are more controlled now but that things do have to talk together right. but it's unlikely that you're going to take down a whole hospital now okay if one goes down you would you would, well you'd hope now that now, things are yeah. firewalled things are you know there's more it
0: can't spread as fast it can't
1: spread as fast and people are more wise to what happened previously okay so I think that systems are separate but obviously you know and again it, it could be that connected system it could be as simple as you've got a server and it's running two systems mm-hmm. and i know that these days you know people have things are cloud hosted or they might put things on separate systems but there's sometimes a need that for example databases microsoft sql server it's not cheap people okay. will often run multiple databases on one system yeah and that could affect multiple systems if that goes down so okay. again just one example but i think it's just basically saying that you know the risk is still there um that you know it could spread
0: Okay, and so I guess that'd be also considering also your your vendors, your supply chain, how else exactly the lit risk. and we've going. seen
1: we've seen that and then you know, I'm not going to name them, but we saw a well publicized one about six nine months ago, and there's yeah. been one in the last couple of weeks, okay again, another supply chain affecting the n h s okay um yeah, and again that then that isn't affecting separate systems, but it's affecting different organizations Mm -hmm. supplied by them so
0: and this document really although i know we were talking about the nhs this does have key points that could help anyone really
1: yeah and i thought that well we're going to get to the pillars and obviously we we have pillars that we we think and that we have as well but obviously this is kind of
0: what their, their... what their
1: take is on it and again as I said I think whether you read this document or another document it's all trying to get to the same sort of area mm. this has just been a little bit more focused around health and social care okay. and understanding how people are now coming together as in more ICSs
0: okay so the next bit it says a vision organizations better manage risk better product or better protect their patient staff and data quicker respond to cyber and people trust in digital systems is increased
1: yeah, so I mean it's it's all around managing risk and I th- and managing risk is all about having the visibility to understand what that risk is. Yes. Obviously people do the DSPT returns and those have increased over time in what their controls are. Okay. Um but again it's ultimately saying the same thing and they just want to basically people to understand what systems they've got, protect mm-hmm. them as best they can, and if they know something isn't protected, put a plan in place to then work towards that. Okay. Um and again that's what the documents trying to get to and that is very much in the five pillars. um, So this is their
0: five pillars that they've put in as a strategy. Is that right? Yeah. The approach is five pillars supporting the vision direct the cyber approach until 2030. Yeah. Okay, so part of this document, they've identified five pillars of the strategy Mm -hmm. and they believe this is going to be supporting the vision and direct the cyber approach until 2030. So obviously, we're going to go through these pillars and put what we think is core to cloud, how we can support people with these pillars going forward. So the first one is focus on the greatest risk and harms. Yeah. So in your opinion if quarter cloud was approaching this for anyone in the nhs where where would we be able to support them to identify their greatest risk and harms
1: um and again just summarizing a little bit within that pillar okay and i'm not going to read the whole thing out but okay. again it, it's, it's the whole document says about things being proportionate to that risk mm-hmm. um working as an ics and understanding that threat picture especially with things like the national systems as well um and really, from our point of it almost comes back to our pillars a little bit. But when you're talking about focusing on the greatest risks and harms, you need that visibility, visibility first, yeah. right? Without it, how do you know what medical devices are a problem? How do you know what's in the your network? network? You know, it's it, favorite strapline. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is, and it's um, again. I was I was t- talking to. Um, a vendor today that was in in the castle with us and they were talking about how the dwell time now has reduced so much it used to be go back a a good few years Mm. an attacker would be in your network a year and then it was like oh they'll be in 45 days and now it's like they're in a couple of you know
0: they're quick now isn't it? we discussed this at the (laughs) ransomware event last year that it's really quick isn't it they're not just and they were
1: saying that like conti ransomware it starts running payloads within five minutes wow and it's like so when you're talking about visibility it's Again, I think we're going to talk about this on other ones, but it's going to have to be a mix of people, processes, and technology. Okay. Yeah, you've got to have the technology to see unusual events. You've got to have the people that are actually looking at it, mm-hmm. and you've got to then know what are you going to do when it happens. Okay. But this this particular one that they're talking about here is really focusing on those greatest risks and harms, and ultimately okay. anything that's going to affect the patient, the patient's data. Okay. You know, within the organisation, um, and really build that kind of. Th- system-wide threat picture, I think it talks about within it, um, and understand those kind of minimum standards. And again, the document talks about NIS standards, but obviously things like DSBT, some yep. trusts have got ISO. Yep. They're all going trying to get you in the right direction of just understanding what those risks and harms are.
0: Okay, perfect. So that's pillar number one. Mm-hmm. The next one is defend as one. For me, that sounds a little vague, but maybe you could could explain what you think they're coming with that.
1: Yeah, I think... Obviously everyone pulling in the same direction. Okay. Um when they're talking about Defenders One, in, in my opinion, they're sort of doing this initially at an ICS level. Okay. And we're starting to see more and more funding mm-hmm. going that way now. Um and that's obviously has the benefits of scale. So you you've got the benefits of Multiple organisations within that ICS using one piece of technology, they can yeah. share advice, they can work together. Okay. Um, and again, it's also going to—it's going to save funding as well because you're leveraging the scale. Uh, previously, we've always done this as a company, so even when the ICSs weren't working together, mm-hmm. we would almost pull together maybe five or ten NHS trusts from different areas of the country mm-hmm. and pull them together. And now, this approach is definitely a good one, mm-hmm. um, and obviously anything that's going to share knowledge and skills and work together you know is going to help so it's really just pulling in the same direction
0: is there a big piece on this kind of on process yeah in the fact that you're defending one as long as your processes are tested everyone agrees like because my vision of this is that defending if you're you know i'm going to go back to military because we're in a castle but if we decided oh we're going to do bows and arrows and down below is like oh no we're actually going on horses because they've got different tactics and processes is it really important to make sure that your processes are tested and that everyone knows you're all singing from the same hymn sheet do you think that comes under this as
1: well exactly and that's, okay. exa- that's almost what the whole document's doing right it's, it's basically pulling everyone together and it's sort of saying that it's like an advice thing this is the way you should be going okay um and again i think it's useful and also when people are writing papers for example you know an organization saying i need funding for i don't know another person or whatever it is yes. they're trying to get they can refer to this document and say this is a national strategy okay so it really helps to have these types of documents i know i used to do a lot of business cases and you know and, up- and we approaches. do that
0: internally don't we to support our customers so yeah. if anyone is looking at this and thinking oh i need more funding or need business cases and that could be something that we could support again whatever
1: them. it's for people process whatever right. i mean we can and we do custom write the business cases as you say and this yep. would be a document that i'll be you referring do. to again and it makes sure that everything's pulling in the direction where it should be
0: okay um so pillar number three is people and culture which is probably my favorite pillar of everything um done collaboratively between local and national there's things about learning in here having expertise retaining staff there's a, a lot just in that in that piece um how would you unpack that because we know statistically i mean we've been doing podcasts today and um 65 percent of people that are in cyber security are looking to get out and we know there's not enough on the top to get people in we know nhs it's hard to get people to work so what what's your thought process on this
1: yeah i think a lot of people that work within the nhs they see themselves more as a part of the kind of healthcare than yeah. they do as part of cyber yeah um but obviously i think as a whole they're doing a lot to try and train the staff. They've got the Immersive Labs platform mm-hmm. that can help train staff up.
0: And NHS everyone's got access to that if people aren't aware. Everyone's got yeah.
1: access to that. And okay. again, that's a brilliant platform for, for learning. Um also we send we make sure that whenever we're doing a POV or we're deploying a bit of software that we send, you know, an engineer either on site or we work with them remotely Mm -hmm. and we do that kind of skills transfer. Okay. Um, And sometimes it's even a case of we'll put somebody in touch with somebody working in another NHS trust and say, Mm -hmm. this person's really good on this. Do you want to have a session with them? So we'll put people and get them to work together. Um, And again, that sort of brings good collaboration and, you know, conversations even outside of the ICS to bring, you know, ideas because a lot of trusts are maybe good in one area but not in another area. So if they can work together... And that would be because of
0: who's who's been there or who's yeah. what expertise or who's, yeah.
1: Where the funding been, where the priorities right. have been, have they got any, you know, an EPR. You know, the ones that have had a patient record for a long time tend to have, you know, had the technology that's gone on the back of it. Yeah. And then there's some that are only putting the EPRs in now. There's one customer we're working with that's putting one in this week. Right. Um, and again, so, yeah, and making sure they've got the support. I know during um, when there's been incidents that have happened in the past i know i used to work in the nhs and we would go on site to that other organization to help them okay and nhs digital england whatever you know they are at the time would also send people if they required so there is a lot of collaboration and i think it's just nice community
0: sure. is with that yeah, as well there is.
1: um and i know that they all talk about cyber together and you know we've been presented on a few of these type things so yeah oh, working together.
0: and we've done it a few times here we've done nhs specific events to get people in to talk collaboratively of uh, what they're doing, how they're attacking that. Um, so we find that quite helpful, don't we? So yeah, people, we've done
1: that. We've brought the NHS together. We've also got them speaking to their corporate counterparts because, okay. again, there's benefits both ways, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... It's, yeah. it's
0: interesting. We, we um, did a recent event, didn't we, in London. Well, actually, you went there. Lawrence was. Uh, and we had different industries there, but it was quite interesting to see how people tackled exactly different things differently and it made people think in different ways okay so the next pillar we're on number four out of five is build secure for the future
1: yeah and again i think that's obviously not thinking about short-term goals looking at life cycles Mm -hmm. i mean that this can come under so many things again this is my take on it yeah things like analyzers Mm -hmm. you know when people get an analyzer and they say well we're going to keep that for 10 years but underneath, it's just a PC. Right. So making sure that again, there's there's a replacement for that. Making sure that you know you've you're planning the proper life cycle for things. You know, like if you're putting a piece of equipment in, how long is it going to last? What's the replacement plan? How are you going to keep it maintained and that life cycle? Sometimes it's as simple as patching. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a case of look, you know, we might have to have a resource at some point to do the update and roll it out. And like obviously, things like DSPT it mentions as well. And then you know, as we know, with medical devices that's become much stricter in asking how you're actually maintaining those now so it's it really is going that way and obviously a final thing it kind of says in there is around suppliers yeah also we've done our iso and our cyber essentials plus and it's and in, we
0: can help people with that because we've had some people approach us quite recently haven't we about we have, how we can help that.
1: yeah we had we had a, we had a company and we've gone and we've basically looked at their documentation around iso standards done a crisis simulation around things you know so there's yeah there's different ways that we can help and advise mm. um again holding your suppliers to account is a key thing i know we get a lot of questionnaires on different people and again that's important that everyone's but everyone's pulling in the right direction ultimately
0: um i don't know if you feel this but i maybe it's a marketing sentence that's come out but um building uh security like by design um, thinking about the security first before before you do something. Do you think that say, um, do you think that's a nice marketing that's come out as a nice sentence, or do you think that's how people are now having to think about every move that they
1: make? I think they do think about security with the new things, but as yeah. I said before, there's still a lot of old technologies that are still have to be yeah. connected. It's a bit like when you go to America and you can see that the the roads have been thought about, whereas mm. sometimes in the UK you, <laughs> you get a village and you can't even fit your car down the middle of the street. Yeah. So we've still got some of those little villages and we might have the new mega city as well. So there's, especially the NHS, it's, the NHS is very different in that it's quite large often. So you've got large bits of corporate software, but then you're having to sometimes connect something that maybe runs through a phone or connects through a serial cable because ultimately it's a device that helps a patient. So it's about really, but yes, I think think these days, any new things that go in, people are pretty clued up. And they are thinking about it. I'm sure things... I know that where I used to work we had controls around procurement so no technical order could go through without somebody somebody technically approving that order. Yeah, so makes sense. some things did slip through but that would solve 90% of it. Right. You know this so yeah I think yeah it's good. Okay.
0: And then the last pillar is around response and recovery.
1: Yeah.
0: Um what was your thoughts on this one then?
1: So, obviously, this comes back a little bit to the crisis simulations. Um, again, it's saying make sure you're equipped to minimise impact. Comes down to segmentation, making sure that, you know, things can't get taken offline. Okay. For example, you know, what are you going to do if your data centre goes down? Do you have failover? You know, all that yeah. sort of stuff, which ultimately comes back to your business continuity planning. Okay. Which organisations already have as a whole, and then IT departments have their own. Yeah. But then testing it. Does that actually work? And do do people even know where it is and what to do Yep. um and even when we're running crisis simulations that- may, maybe for example, we could run one for a bank in the n h s it still provokes the same discussion of course, and yes, we can do one tailored to their own plans, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, but it's around having those discussions and saying, what would you do um We had one, I think it was a couple of weeks ago um and one of the things that really hot topic was people going, well, I've got multi-factor authentication. I'm absolutely fine. Mm. And it was like an MFA fatigue attack. Now, obviously, if you've got an MFA on your phone for days and days and days, it kept coming up, up, up. You'd be like thinking, hang on, I must have something on my laptop that's auto running or something. Yeah. And will you hit that approve button? And there was a we we ran this crisis sim, which ran for an hour. And then there was a two hour debate after it mm. around people going, actually, this is a real problem. Um so yes, yeah, so it's probably about being probably
0: someone like me that's like oh, we'll just be like approve it because I'm like obviously it's just the MFA is not working. I'd, properly. I'd probably turn
1: the notifications off. <laughs>
0: right, but yeah, it's,
1: but yeah, it's, but I think people might click it. Um, and uh, again,
0: I, think, I think I would if it yeah.
1: But have that debate, and it's like a, a phishing email if it comes in. You know, would you click on it? You know, often it's the person in IT that will be the one that clicks it. I heard about it, that one of those one of those a week ago, where was somebody in IT that clicked it, and obviously. Hoping they've got a separate service account, a normal account, yeah. otherwise they've just, you know, yeah. give them access. So, and obviously rehearsing those plans. So, you know, it, it all comes back to those people, processes, technology, but really people yeah. thinking about it. And I think that's why the crisis sims work is because they are interesting, they are visual, and it gets people to have that conversation around what are you going to do.
0: But do you also think it's because people can then empathize or relate? because it's like a real-life scenario. I feel like when I've done the Crisis Sims, you can see the impact of each thing on a person, even if we've just done a bit of a, not a fun one, but like the Formula One one, for example.
1: It's a good one, that actually. It's a great quite like it, yeah.
0: yeah. But you can see the impact on the driver and then the, how that would impact, you know, the 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 pit and how that would impact the team. And then you'd see how it would impact financially and then you'd think, oh, well, that impacts sponsorship. So in my little marketing brain, I'm like, oh, if that's, in, you know, like it allows you to... Yeah, empathise and understand the risk, even if what department you're in. And you may think, well, that's got nothing to do with me. It's cyber, it's IT, I shouldn't be bothered. I think it's quite good at opening those conversations up.
1: It's, you're absolutely right. And it's absolutely critical for people to realise it's not just an IT problem. Because mm-hmm. that's the worst thing. In IT, sometimes people feel isolated because they're like, you know, if there's a problem, it's IT's problem. Yeah. And, you know, the end user can play as much as a role as possible and having the right things in place can make a big difference. And also that person then feels supported yeah, and it, you know heard. the problems shared. So I think, yeah, again, I think it, it, it's a good document in in regards to the pillars to sort of draw these things out to people.
0: Okay, so from the next bit, I can see that you've identified is the pillars and strategy is underpinned by the cyber assessment framework from NIS. Is that how you pronounce it? What
1: yeah, it? it's from NCSC. Or NCSC. Um, but again, the whole document forms around that, and the thing around those pillars are really just four objectives, which is okay. around managing risk, which yeah. is your policies and procedures. Um, protecting against cyber attack again a little bit like the pills we've talked about yep. detecting security events again are you going to see them if they happen mm-hmm. and then minimizing the impact okay um and then the next part i'll just talking about it a little bit yeah was was around threats we face now i, I pulled out three key things from this mm-hmm. um yes there's a lot of threats and they can come from a different way uh and i'm not going to quote stats at you but a lot of stuff that gets in is through phishing emails. That's the initial routine I mean it's it's
0: like you're running my campaign this month. Yes. We are doing a focus on phishing.
1: Is it not like sixty, seventy percent coming that way? I'm gonna put do some stats. Yeah,
0: in. it's it's pretty high. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty high. It is uh, something like I think it's like sixty seven percent come through that that way, yeah.
1: So there's obviously phishing. There's um kind of common vulnerabilities that might be on your firewall. Okay. And things like fraud. Um and another one, again, I was, you can say, I've been, I've been in the castle today, having conversations, was around kind of extortion as well. You know, people being forced. There was, a, there was a, an article. I don't know how public it is, so I won't say too much. But they worked for a company, and they were basically told to go and put a USB stick in one of the servers within this large company, or they were being threatened. And again, oh. that, that's your insider threat. You know what I mean? So once that malware's in, you know, that's your other route in. So it's again, there's lots of different threats, and this this document doesn't go into that, but. Yeah, it's... Have you
0: seen the new Lufa film?
1: No. No, I haven't, no.
0: That's all about how the baddie gets an insight, like he finds something they're embarrassed about, that they wouldn't want someone exactly. only publicly to know, and then he basically gets them to do bad things in the police and all these different ways to but get it goes away... It with... yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he found a blackmail point of how that they wouldn't want anyone publicly to know that, so they did what they, he was asked.
1: Again, and I was looking after, it does mention inside a side of threat in the document, so again, okay. they are covering that... Um, it then kind of goes into the last couple of things, really. It goes into the threat model mm-hmm. um, that going back in time, you're really focused on um, high-volume attacks. You know, what's hitting our firewall all the time? What yeah. are the big issues? And now they're talking more about opportunistic attacks, um, you know, things that might just happen on the... You know, so looking oh, no. at the full spectrum, really. Okay. And I think we've kind of covered under the threats a little bit. Um, and also, we do a lot of work monitoring the dark web, yes, um, including for some NHS customers. And again, we've seen discussions from the NHS as far and wide as Canada and other well-known countries you know that are yeah. that are on the list and again we do monitor this and these discussions can be quite useful to see where the latest trends are there's mm. like we've been seeing some changes in the way that ransomware's done and Good. there's you know again we are starting to do for people on that we've started to do a bit of a newsletter and we've said that we And we're they pro- get insights don't they from that Yeah they yeah. get insights but I think some of those will form some of the campaigns that we talk about yeah, um,
0: so we're making sure that our listeners are, are aware of it, even if they haven't got the service Exactly.
1: Remote. Um Exactly, a little bit. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and the kind of, the final sort of section in the document was yes. around challenges, challenges, more specifically around the NHS, I guess, well, health and social care. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are things, yes, staffing's a problem, but things like, you know, running 24-7. Yep. I mean... And the priority is patient care at the end of the day. Yep. The IT just needs to work. And if it doesn't work, it affects the patient. Of course. Um, yeah, it's quite large organisations. There's a huge supply chain. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously having accountability. A bit like we said about the crisis sim. It's we, not, you know, it's not just an IT problem. Yeah, you know, it's accountability from the board, um, you know, testing those people. Um, yeah, it's plus, I mean, the in the NHS specifically, we mentioned there's a lot of legacy technologies within there as well. So it's it's a real mixed bag, ultimately. Yeah. Um, and it's trying to keep this whole mixing pot of technology you know, working together mm-hmm. successfully so the patient can get the services they need, everything's secure, and you're keeping the bad guys out, um, again, through opportunistic, targeted attacks, all the different things we've talked about um, within it.
0: Okay. So I think there's some key things that have come out there. I think there's some areas that obviously tie in nicely where we feel we support so we our four pillows if people aren't aware is visibility validation governance and control and automated response and from that so um quarter cloud now focuses on services so that can also look into supporting people with these areas do you believe phil
1: yeah absolutely we obviously do stuff around dark web customized crisis sims we do a 24 7 SOC. yeah and um, we've got a service around what your external viewpoint is yep. for the attacker yeah um and again, these have come on the back of a lot of NHS customers yep. requesting them mm-hmm. and saying, I'd really like this, I don't want to run it myself yeah. and I want to make sure that I'm getting value from it. Of course. Um, and again, these are things that we can go through with people okay. um, you know, in detail. Again, we've had a lot of marketing events around it, but we'll maybe yep. do one specifically around it I'm sure we can do more. Point. We'll
0: see what response we get from this and if anyone needs any further help from that. Um, yeah, so thank you for going through that. I definitely... I shouldn't even have to go through all that detail. But if anyone would like any information, any further support from us, if they think they've got a business case that they would like to get off the ground, if they feel that IoT, network segmentation, anything like that is a bit of a problem or they'd like some help or expertise, um, Phil's, Phil's been around the block, really, so he knows it all. So um, please drop us a line. Thank you, Phil.
1: Thank you. Nice speech, you all.